This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. Good morning. Thank you for joining us on Resource Center. This is Audrey Raj. It's a brand new episode of Psychology at Work to kick off a brand new year. And Hetal Doshi, my favorite organizational psychologist and CEO of Osyke, is online with me as usual. So happy 2023, Hetal. Oh, thank you so much, Audrey. Happy yes. to be here again. So it's the first Tuesday of the year. Uh, it's our first episode of the year, but we're kicking things off with a very sobering topic. We're going to talk, we're going to be talking about, and wait for it, burnout. Now, why, Hetal, why? You know, is it inevitable in 2023 that we will be experiencing burnout? Or is this a, a sort of community service of sorts? You know, we're trying to help the workforce of the nation avoid or prepare for burnout better this year. Why are we talking about burnout? On yeah, our first episode, yeah, um, I think the, the past the past Januarys we've always talked about goal setting and um, you know dream a big dream and stuff like that. I think uh, one of our biggest goals is to constantly preserve our energy so that we can keep it sustaining. Uh, from the data that we've collected, the amount of psychosocial risk or the amount of uh, potential stressors that employees face is on an upward trend. So I hope one of the goals that people have is to not get burnt out by the end of the year or even the second day of January already. Mm. Um, yeah. So yeah, my hope is uh, while the whole world is talking about goal setting at the start of the month, I think it's just gentle reminder to also not be extremely or overly unnecessarily ambitious, just make sure that you take care of yourself really well and avoid getting into a space of burnout because recovery time takes way too long. Right. So before we begin, uh, let's just start with defining what burnout is. I know there are different kinds of burnout as well, but maybe in your own words, Hetal, tell us what burnout is. Sure. So before we get into the definition of burnout, if I could just share a little bit of the, about the history. Yeah? So in about, uh, around the 1970s, there was an American psychologist. His name is Herbert Freudenberger. Pardon me if I pronounce that wrongly. Um, so he uh, was studying uh, the helping professions, doctors and nurses, for example, who would often obviously sacrifice themselves or others. And it was this category of helping professionals uh, who would end up becoming burnt out and eventually not being able to cope. And this is the dark side of self-sacrifice. Um, come a couple of decades later, Maslach and her colleagues, another bunch of psychologists from the University of California, realized that it's not only this emotional exhaustion, but also uh, sooner or later, doctors and nurses started also having negative perceptions about their clients or patients and started becoming cynical towards them and almost had a they-deserve-it mentality mm -hmm. um, due to the experience of burnout, which was potentially caused by the other, uh, which is not, not necessarily true. Like, I think it's ultimately how you manage it and how you have conversations around it. So the cynicism and, uh, you know, having negative perceptions was something really, really unique. And come 2022, burnout is not only about the helping professions. You are hearing anyone and everyone talking about it as well. Right. Um, defining burnout, I think, is a really important thing. It's a state of emotional, mental, and often physical exhaustion that is brought about by prolonged and repeated stress. And very unique to this is if you're already beginning to try to measure whether or not you have burnout, there are three things that happens. Number one is exhaustion from the work itself. 
so by the time you go to bed, you're exhausted. Or even when you wake up already, you're exhausted. The second thing would be feelings of cynicism about what is actually going on and why you're working in such an environment that leads to depersonalization. So this is where, you know, when we talk about we have to be human, uh, this is the opposite of it. The moment we start becoming cynical, it be- we end up experiencing dehumanization or depersonalization. Uh, you kind of want to detach yourself from it and you end up having the why should I care attitude. And the third one would be um, this feeling of even though I don't want to care, but at the same time, I feel like now I'm ineffective or I have sense of inefficacy, which means that when I evaluate who I am and how I operate in my life, I evaluate myself poorly. Um, so this is a lose-lose-lose situation for all parties. Hmm. So now, um, I mean, I've spoken to you about burnout before. I mean, we've mentioned it in, in one of our episodes in passing, but I know that there are different uh, types of burnout. There's the type where you just don't care anymore, or uh, uh, there's another type where I guess you get that way because others don't care about you or something yeah. like that. I, I, maybe you can tell us more about the different types of burnout. Sure. One is called an overload burnout, and this is the one that majority of people probably experience or associate burnout with. This is like basically taking on more and more, working more and more harder, uh, and then frantically trying to achieve this success, often to the detriment of your own health and personal life. Uh, It's unsustainable, obviously, leading to exhaustion. And typically, from that exhaustion, then you end up venting out to other people as well. So you kind of eventually create exhaustion in others as well by venting out a lot to them. Mm. Uh, Another one is called under-challenge burnout. So it's um, interesting because um, a lot of people would think that when you don't have enough work, how can you say you're burnt out? But the mind becomes really, really active and it's very stimulated because of understimulation. So the yin and yang, which often leads to motivation because your mind's constantly thinking about what you're doing, why you're doing, um, and that you're not good enough. And feelings of underappreciation, you become frustrated. Uh, this is also like, I think some companies in the past have called it cold storage. So if they don't like someone, they think the person's not performing. They really isolate them. And this feeling of under-challenge is actually a real huge severe punishment. Um, this typically leads to a loss of passion, cynicism, lethargy. And this is why like, sometimes when you see people who are very severely under-motivated, you're like, but you're not even doing anything. Can you at least get up and do something? They can't because um, there's not much energy. Lethargy. They've lost energy. Yeah? Um, and they tend to cope by distracting themselves, dissociating or suppressing all of their thoughts. Uh, so it can be many different ways. And the third one, which I think is super interesting, I think organizations should really, really consider looking into this, is called neglect burnout. Neglect burnout is when you actually are not giving enough uh, to your subordinates or to your colleagues in terms of structure, guidance or direction. Like For that person to be able to get the answers that they want or the help and support that they want, it takes an unsurmountable amount of effort. And, and this feeling that they are being neglected when they need someone or something leads to something called learned helplessness. Meaning, what's the point? What's the point of asking? What's the point of anything now? And learned helplessness is one of the most um, scariest experiences because it becomes pervasive. It ends up becoming a blanket experience across the rest of your life uh, where you become cynical about the whole idea of I am not able to help myself and I have accepted that I'm not going to be able to help myself and that nobody's going to help me, uh, which is kind of scary, isn't it? Right. Mm-hmm. Now, is there a way that we can tell what kind of burnout we are suffering, or even if we are indeed suffering from burnout? Mm-hmm. Yeah, there are assessments on well-being, there are assessments of stress, and there are assessments of burnout. So 
uh, just be careful about what assessment you're actually, what, what you're actually trying to measure, and that would mm. be about burnout, yeah? So Maslak burnout in- inventory, I think, it exists. I'm not sure whether you would be able to access that for free, but that one immediately assesses the three dimensions that I spoke about earlier, which is exhaustion, cynicism, and efficacy. Um, so you can assess which level you're at, and it's just about 22 items that you have to fill out. And the other one which I you know, offered you um, an experience of trying out is the Sharon Bellamet Burnout Questionnaire. And in that, it looks at whether you're physically exhausted, emotionally exhausted, or mentally exhausted. Um, and yeah, that kind of tells you which uh, aspect of yourself to kind of focus on, uh, which I like a little bit more than, than the other. So potentially these two things um, can be something that you use uh, to measure that. And then obviously from the measurement, then you want to have some interventions in your life as well. Mm. Do we know what causes burnout? Like, is there something that um, employers can do to kind of stop this? I mean, if you think about neglect burnout, I'm sure employers can do something to to help in that situation, right? But is there, uh, what are the other causes of burnout that, you know, we should be more cognizant about? Mm-hmm. Uh, a lack of control, so not having enough control, which is something I definitely recommend, again, the Spice Girls technique. What do you really, really want in the end that you can control? Um, so control, lack of control or feeling that you don't have enough control is one of the biggest causes of burnout. The second one would be lack of clarity. Uh, the third one would be lack of conversational uh, negotiation and influencing. So, for example... Whenever I'm going through pain, anyone's going through pain, there should be an avenue, a possibility to have a conversation to figure out um, what we can do from here. Um, And I think this is where organizations are struggling with the most about how do you have psychologically safe conversations wherein you could have a cohort of like 30 people. Why is one person burnt out? Uh, Is it because they're weak? And a lot of organizations will say, why don't you do a course on resilience? That may not be the point at all. The point is not about being more resilient. The point is about eradicating burnout, uh, which we'll talk about later from an organizational perspective. The fourth uh, cause of burnout, which I really, really really like to highlight, is um, psychological contracts. So, you know, we have job contracts Mm -hmm. uh, that we agree to, we sign upon. But then when that gets breached, so we have a breach in our contract psychologically. Like, hey, you know, when I signed up for this job, I thought this is what it's about. But now it's a completely different ballgame. And now I'm taking on like three people's jobs, five people's jobs, or there's not enough recovery time because of the shift work. So one of the leading causes of burnout is also a breach of psychological or job-related contracts. Now, uh, we are going to take a quick break for some messages. And apparently, Hatel's going to make me sit for a burnout assessment as well during the break. But when we come back, we'll take a look at my test results, as well as the different stages of burnout, as well as the consequences of burnout, and what individuals, team leaders, all of us can do to address burnout in 2023. All that and more happening on Psychology at Work on Resource Centre. Stay tuned. BFM 89.9. Boosting Female Ministers, BFM 89.9, The Business Station. Good 
morning. Thank you for joining us on Resource Center. This is Audrey Raj. It's a brand new episode of Psychology at Work to kick off a brand new year. And Hetal Doshi, my favorite organizational psychologist and CEO of OSIC, is online with me as usual. So happy 2023, Hetal. Oh, thank you so much, Audrey. Happy yes. to be here again. So it's the first Tuesday of the year. Uh, it's our first episode of the year, but we're kicking things off with a very sobering topic. We're going to talk, we're going to be talking about, and wait for it, burnout. Now, why, Hetal, why, you know, is it inevitable in 2023 that we will be experiencing burnout? Or is this a, a sort of community service of sorts? You know, we're trying to help the workforce of the nation avoid or prepare for burnout better this year. Why are we talking about burnout? On yeah. our first episode, yeah, um, I think the, the past the past Januarys we've always talked about goal setting and um, you know dream a big dream and stuff like that. I think uh, one of our biggest goals is to constantly preserve our energy so that we can keep it sustaining. Uh, from the data that we've collected, the amount of psychosocial risk or the amount of uh, potential stressors that employees face is on an upward trend. So I hope one of the goals that people have is to not get burnt out by the end of the year or even the second day of January already. Mm. Um, yeah. So yeah, my hope is uh, while the whole world is talking about goal setting at the start of the month, I think it's just gentle reminder to also not be extremely or overly unnecessarily ambitious, just to make sure that you take care of yourself really well and avoid getting into a space of burnout because recovery time takes way too long. Right. So before we begin, uh, let's just start with defining what burnout is. I know there are different kinds of burnout as well, but maybe in your own words, Hetal, tell us what burnout is. Sure. So before we get into the definition of burnout, if I could just share a little bit of the, about the history. Yeah? So in about, uh, around the 1970s, there was an American psychologist. His name is Herbert Freudenberger. Pardon me if I pronounce that wrongly. Um, so he uh, was studying uh, the helping professions, doctors and nurses, for example, who would often obviously sacrifice themselves or others. And it was this category of helping professionals uh, who would end up becoming burnt out and eventually not being able to cope. And this is the dark side of self-sacrifice. Um, come a couple of decades later, Maslach and her colleagues, another bunch of psychologists from the University of California, realized that it's not only this emotional exhaustion, but also uh, sooner or later, doctors and nurses started also having negative perceptions about their clients or patients and started becoming cynical towards them and almost had a they deserve it mentality mm -hmm. um, due to the experience of burnout, which was potentially caused by the other, uh, which is not, not necessarily true. Like, I think it's ultimately how you manage it and how you have conversations around it. So the cynicism and, uh, you know, having negative perceptions was something really, really unique. And come 2022, burnout is not only about the helping professions. You are hearing anyone and everyone talking about it as well. Right. Um, defining burnout, I think, is a really important thing. It's a state of emotional, mental, and often physical exhaustion that is brought about by prolonged and repeated stress. And very unique to this is if you're already beginning to try to measure whether or not you have burnout, there are three things that happens. Number one is exhaustion from the work itself. Uh, so by the time you go to bed, you're exhausted. Or even when you wake up already, you're exhausted. The second thing would be feelings of cynicism about what is actually going on. 
and why you're working in such an environment that leads to depersonalization. So this is where, you know, when we talk about we have to be human, uh, this is the opposite of it. The moment we start becoming cynical, it, we end up experiencing dehumanization or depersonalization. Uh, you kind of want to detach yourself from it and you end up having the why should I care attitude. And the third one would be um, this feeling of even though I don't want to care, but at the same time, I feel like now I'm ineffective or I have sense of inefficacy, which means that when I evaluate who I am and how I operate in my life, I evaluate myself poorly. Um, so this is a lose-lose lose situation for all parties. Hmm. So now, um, I mean, I've spoken to you about burnout before. I mean, we've mentioned it in, in one of our episodes in passing, but I know that there are different uh, types of burnout. There's the type where you just don't care anymore or uh, uh, there's another type where I guess you get that way because others don't care about you or something yeah. like that. I, I, maybe you can tell us more about the different types of burnout. Sure. One is called an overload burnout and this is the one that majority of people probably experience or associate burnout with. This is like basically taking on more and more, working more and more harder uh, and then frantically trying to achieve this success often to the detriment of your own health and personal life. Uh, it's unsustainable, obviously, leading to exhaustion. And typically, from that exhaustion, then you end up venting out to other people as well. So you kind of eventually create exhaustion in others as well by venting out a lot to them. Hmm. Uh, another one is called under-challenge burnout. So it's um, interesting because um, a lot of people would think that when you don't have enough work, how can you say you're burnt out? But the mind becomes really, really active and it's very stimulated because of under-stimulation. So the yin and yang, which often leads to motivation because your mind's constantly thinking about what you're doing, why you're doing, um, and that you're not good enough. Um, feelings of underappreciation, you become frustrated. Uh, this is also like, I think some companies in the past have called it cold storage. So if they don't like someone, they think the person's not performing. They really isolate them. And this feeling of under challenge is actually a real huge severe punishment. Um, this typically leads to a loss of passion, cynicism, lethargy. And this is why, like, sometimes when you see people who are very severely under-motivated, you're like, but you're not even doing anything. Can you at least get up and do something? They can't because um, there's not much energy. Lethargy. They've lost energy. Yeah, um, And they tend to cope by distracting themselves, dissociating, or suppressing all of their thoughts. Uh, so it can be many different ways. And the third one, which I think is super interesting, I think organizations should really, really consider looking into this, is called neglect burnout. Neglect burnout is when you actually are not giving enough uh, to your subordinates or to your colleagues in terms of structure, guidance or direction. Like for that person to be able to get the answers that they want or the help and support that they want, it takes an unsurmountable amount of effort. Um, and this feeling that they are being neglected when they need someone or something leads to something called learned helplessness. Meaning, what's the point? What's the point of asking? What's the point of of anything now and learned helplessness is one of the most um, scariest experiences because it becomes pervasive it ends up becoming a blanket experience across the rest of your life uh, where you become cynical about the whole idea of I am not able to help myself and I have accepted that I'm not going to be able to help myself and that nobody's going to help me uh, which is kind of scary isn't it right mm -hmm. now is there a way that we can tell what kind of burnout we are suffering, or even if we are indeed suffering from burnout. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there are assessments on well-being, there are assessments of stress, and there are assessments of burnout. So 
uh, just be careful about what assessment you're actually what, what you're actually trying to measure, and that would mm. be about burnout. Yeah. So Maslak burnout in- inventory, I think it exists. I'm not sure whether you would be able to access that for free. But that one immediately assesses the three dimensions that I spoke about earlier, which is exhaustion, cynicism, and efficacy. Um, so you can assess which level you're at, and it's just about 22 items that you have to fill up. And the other one which I you know, offered you um, an experience of trying out is the Sharon Bellamet burnout questionnaire. And in that, it looks at whether you're physically exhausted, emotionally exhausted, or mentally exhausted. Um, and yeah, that kind of tells you which uh, aspect of yourself to kind of focus on, uh, which I like a little bit more than, than the other. So potentially these two things um, can be something that you use uh, to measure that. And then obviously from the measurement, then you want to have some interventions in your life as well. Hmm. Do we know what causes burnout? Like, is there something that um, employers can do to kind of stop this? I mean, if you think about neglect burnout, I'm sure employers can do something to to help in that situation, right? But is there, uh, what are the other causes of burnout that, you know, we should be more cognizant about? Mm -hmm. Uh, A lack of control. So not having enough control, which is something I definitely recommend, again, the Spice Girls technique. What do you really, really want in the end that you can control? Um, So, Control, lack of control on feeling that you don't have enough control is one of the biggest causes of burnout. The second one would be lack of clarity. Uh, the third one would be lack of conversational uh, negotiation and influencing. So, for example, whenever I'm going through pain, anyone's going through pain, there should be an avenue of possibility to have a conversation to figure out um, what we can do from here. Um, and I think this is where organizations are struggling with the most about how do you have psychologically safe conversations wherein you could have a cohort of like 30 people. Why is one person burnt out? Uh, Is it because they're weak? And a lot of organizations will say, why don't you do a course on resilience? That may not be the point at all. The point is not about being more resilient. The point is about eradicating burnout, uh, which we'll talk about later from an organizational perspective. The fourth uh, cause of burnout, which I really, really really like to highlight, is um, psychological contracts. So, you know, we have job contracts Mm -hmm. uh, that we agree to, we sign upon, but then when that gets breached, so we have a breach in our contract psychologically, like, hey, you know, when I signed up for this job, I thought this is what it's about, but now it's a completely different ballgame. And now I'm taking on like three people's jobs, five people's jobs, or there's not enough recovery time because of the shift work. So one of the leading causes of burnout is also a breach of psychological or job-related contracts. Now, uh, we are going to take a quick break for some messages and apparently Hatel's going to make me sit for a burnout assessment as well during the break. But when we come back, we'll take a look at my test results as well as the different stages of burnout as well as the consequences of burnout and what individuals, team leaders, all of us can do to address burnout in 2023. All that and more happening on Psychology at Work on Resource Centre. Stay tuned, BFM 89.9. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.